Hi guys, so we just finished shooting uh, episode two of the podcast with uh, Jody Allen, uh, and we covered off on biohacks, nutrition, and mental health. Jody, where can we see more of you? You can come and see me at jodyallennutrition.com, and I look forward to you hearing the podcast. See you guys. Part of the other one. Life. Again, Alright, so uh, episode two of the podcast, still don't have a name for it, and uh, We'll just go through our sponsor, exhaustive sponsor list at the moment, uh, which is zero. So if you want to get on board and uh, if you're a veteran-owned business or uh, you want to get on board and sponsor, let us know. We'll send you the links at the bottom of the uh, podcast or at the end of it um, and happy to work with you. Today, super exciting. Got Jody Allen, a nutritionist, um, on board to tell us a bit about why you're here. Really excited to see you. Yeah, cool. Well, thanks for having me. It's very exciting. Um, yes, I'm a clinical nutritionist. I served 14 years in the Royal Australian Air Force. I joined up when I was 17, straight out of school, didn't finish school. Uh, basically, my mum said, you're a moody, moody teenager, it's time for you to <laughs> leave the nest. Uh, best thing I ever did. I was a really shy kid, uh, a little bit aimless, a little bit petulant, and yeah, just grew up overnight, basically, and I think spending so long in the defense force it just i don't know shaped me to who i am today and taught me resilience and strong will and determination and all that kind of stuff and unfortunately i didn't want to leave the defense force i was um, medically discharged i had a major spinal fusion in my early 20s while i was in the air force um but i managed to within 12 months uh can rehabilitate back to running, back to triathlons. I was full on into fitness, uh, but it was a lot of uh, mindset and a lot of physical rehab. And I ended up staying in for another 10 years after a major spinal fusion. So, and my surgeon has never seen anyone staying for as long as, as, as I managed to. Post-surgery. Post-surgery, so, um, but yeah, it, m mindset was a massive part of it. When you've got a permanent uh, injury and pain, it can uh, it can just overtake your life. And I was very determined because I was young to not let my pain define me. Yeah, so, so no, the victimhood mentality that you sort of see. Yeah, because I sorry, it's really loud then. Um, <laughs> I did see a bit of that in some of my colleagues that you know suffering chronic pain can be. Uh, a really mental, a real mental battle, and I saw some people not deal with it very well. And I just thought, I, I'm 24. I can't spend the rest of my life in that kind of victim mindset. So, I was pretty determined to, to work out a way that I would live with it. So, and my surgeon was, he was awesome with my rehab. It was uh, all about you know exercise. Um, you know, maintain good body weight and all that kind of stuff. And that's where I really became fascinated with a nutrition and how, uh, you know, that can help with um, pain and inflammation and, and that kind of stuff. So it was almost like a bit of a hobby. And I was heavily involved in triathlons with a spinal fusion at the time. So it um, became a great fascination for me and that's where it all started. So you got into nutrition sort of later on, that, that drive for the nutrition and the... Yeah, well, I was, I was also a vegetarian in my 20s, so 
Uh, but not now. But not a very no. No, because I wasn't. <laughs> don't judge me. Don't judge no. me. Um, oh, not a very good one though. I struggled with anemia a lot, a fatigue. I kept diaries, training diaries from when I was um, full on weight training and and running through my triathlons, and I was always fatigued, always sleeping, uh, and not at any stage was there any education about. Uh, nutrition, I'd have blood tests and they'd go, oh yeah, you're anemic. That was it. Well, well, so do I do something about that? So there was no, and even though we had coaches, I had swimming coaches, running coaches, cycling coaches, but nutrition in those days was um, really not someone that, something that we paid a lot of attention to. So I had to do my own, a lot of my own research kind of thing. Um, and that's when, when I was finally medically discharged, uh, my secondary duty was as an explosives ordnance reconnaissance agent. So I had to, very long term, but that I couldn't do the function of that with my spinal fusion. I couldn't pack in and set up these explosive compounds and uh, I fought it for as, and my bosses fought it for as long as they could, but it came to the end of the day that I couldn't pack in, I couldn't, I just couldn't do it anymore. So I had to protect you know, my longevity and... The yeah, because once life. you get out of defence, you've still got the rest of your life and you're like... Oh, and that's, for, for me, it was, um, you know, longevity and and not causing, you know, further injury to my back. So I really didn't want to get out. And then I was just uh, getting out and only other, only other military people get it. When you leave the defence force, it's a massive loss of identity. Because I joined up at seventeen as well, it was who I was. Yeah, yeah. Do you know it mm-hmm. was it was me um, being in the defence force was who I was. So it was I did struggle getting out, and then I raised my girls and had a young family, and then when they were off and just daydreaming about going to uni, and but I had um, I did have a fear of failure, and I was a comfort zone. Even though I was in the defence force. I also, you know, in the defence force, you're, you're protected. Yeah, or institutionalised, but it doesn't matter because you'll still have a job the next day. And my, yeah, my dad told me once, he goes, you're just institutionalised when I was not sleeping. I didn't sleep a wink when I was when I got out. Um, you know, it was just all of a sudden you've got the uniform on and the next it's gone. And, uh, you know, not putting that uniform on every day was a real struggle for me. And my dad said, you know, you've just been institutionalised. You need to grow beyond that. And I was offended that he told me that, but he was actually right because it was, you know, that's what I belong to and it was just pulled out from underneath me kind of thing. So, yeah, so, uh, and all, being in the military, even though it's, uh, you know, there's adventure and it's challenging and all that kind of stuff, there is an element of safety because you, you have a job yeah. and you're not going to lose it tomorrow. You're not going to be made redundant tomorrow. You know, no one's going to take it away from you like that. So, um, yeah. So I did have this fear of failure, but... And then, because, I mean, obviously, you get to that position where when you get out, it's up to you to make it or, or not. Exactly. You know? So you're out there yeah. and your life is no longer on a, on train tracks going this way. No matter what happens, I'm still going to be there yeah. at the end of the day. It's, it's Now it's my choice, and if my life isn't where I want it to be... It's now my fault and it's ownership, isn't it? Where It is, exactly. And it's incredibly isolating. Even though I still had all my mates, I didn't lose a single 
you know, a single friend or anything. I just lost my job, but it was, yeah, it was a big part of me. And then when I started uni, because uh, I was with incredibly intelligent, like-minded people, it was, oh, I found something again, you know, and it was one of the, another, another great decision in my life to go and just get rid of that fear and just dive head straight into it. And so that, and that's what brought you here today is that nutrition and learning that the link between, because I mean, I've been talking to you, but the brain, stomach link, how the body works, your mindset and your, your mental health is, is really linked to, to gut health as well. Like, Oh yeah, definitely. Well, the fantastic research is, is coming out, um, as we said before, like, so I'm extremely passionate about it, but the, you know, the gut brain access that uh, the connection, it's, you know, a bi-directional um, system. The brain talks to the gut, the, the gut talks to the brain. Um, and, you know, there, there's some incredible research coming out of, it goes both ways, the state of the brain, how and stress and anxiety affects our gut and the functioning of our gut. And then, you know, they also consider the gut our second brain the state of our gut affects our mood. And, you know, there's an amazing study they did in 2018 that uh, of US military veterans, that 40% of uh, military veterans, if they have IBS uh, before they go on deployment, have a 40% higher rate of incidence of uh, getting PTSD. So fuck. That's, yep. doesn't it, it doesn't it just start it, and it blows my mind. So now uh, they're starting to uh, do some fascinating research on your microbes in your gut. So you know you have the you have good good gut gut bacteria and you have detrimental gut bacteria. And they've actually studied uh, veterans with PTSD, the microbes in their gut, and they've actually discovered specific bacteria that are deficient in military veterans with PTSD. So there's an, an opening there for us as, for me with, as a clinical nutritionist, that, uh, so I can do now, there's uh, microbi microbial uh, gut testing that we can do in Australia that can, we can identify the, what's going on in your gut and specifically target with food, supplements, probiotics, we can actually alter the environment of your gut, which then directly links to your brain as well. So because they can do it, do they do, uh, there was some studies or maybe it was a YouTube uh, article or Facebook article and they can re, so they, they give other people's uh, gut flora to like, into it, inject it or put it into your body. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. And are you talking about also like with stool? Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, so, um, and they've also uh, done some great research with that with uh, weight loss and that as well. You know, and there's lots of rat studies. You know, a lot of the research we're still, you know, in rat study stage, but, you know, when it gets to humans more. Uh, but, yeah, repopulating the gut bacteria. Um, that we can do that with food, which is, you know, really awesome. And, you know, an unfortunate thing too is when we're stressed, depressed, anxiety, PTSD, 
you know, we're often not in a state to make smart or healthy food choices as well. And, you know, especially with PTSD, a lot of um, people will use food and alcohol to reduce trauma memories. And it's, uh, it's uh, you know, like a simple term where, you know, we eat our feelings kind yeah. of thing. And the unfortunate thing with that is, is that, you know, it, it continues this cycle of, they're actually looking at depression being a process of inflammation. So people that uh, have depression often have higher pro-inflammatory markers in their blood. So, you know, there's a strong correlation with family history and depression. So it's uh, really looking at how um, diet and lifestyle contribute to this process of inflammation because uh, there's inflammation in our gut and neuroinflammation, inflammation, inflammation in our brain. And that's that bi-directional pathway again with the gut-brain mm. access. Because is there, is there, uh, so there's a large cluster of neurons in your stomach as well, is there, like outside of the brain? Yeah, in the whole GI tract. Yep. So, yeah, so it's uh, this communication pathway with our central nervous system that communicates with our GI tract from our mouth to our anus. It's like the whole, the whole way. So when we're stressed and we're anxious, uh, you know, it disrupts this communication. And that's why a lot of, uh, so a majority of, like I would say 90% of any patients that I see that have depression or PTSD or anxiety uh, have IBS symptoms. You know, they like, usually it's constipation, diarrhea, uh, you know, gas, bloating, all those unpleasant things that, you know, we you know, don't like to talk about, but. Yeah, and they, and they give you, so uh, as soon as you go overseas or you go to Tully or you go to the jungle, Doxycycline is the is the Medicaid broad spectrum antibiotic that just kills everything, doesn't it? Like yeah. Well, I went. Uh, I was seeing a commando um, before he went over to East Timor, and uh, they were giving him the anti-malaria drug. I can't think of the Methylene. name. Methylene. Yeah, yeah. Is it? That's the one that they the the EAs kind of open the door and don't we ever put you on this? Come and speak to us. Yeah. I'm not gonna tell and I, I saw his transition from being this. Um, I hope he doesn't mind me talking about him today, but he went from uh, this like gentle giant to he was walking down the street and he said he just ah he just wanted to you know he was he was angry and yeah. he lost his mind and it was within days after he started taking it and it was just like what are we doing to people mm. man you know it's uh, yeah so. Oh, there's just there's just so much information coming out, and and people thing. don't know it. People don't know it. You get no. in, you go to school, and you learn how to balance your checkbook. You don't learn that if you. And the first thing you do when you're sad or depressed, you can break up your girlfriend or boyfriend, or you leave the army, you get sad, you straight up drink, bang, you start yeah. drinking, you start eating, and this is part of that holistic thing that we're trying to do. Yeah, that everything's connected. You can't just fix one thing, but nutrition is one of those things. It's a big step. It's actually massive. Yeah. Has a massive influence, and it's, uh, you know, it doesn't have to. It can be really. It can actually be really simple too. Mm -hmm. Really simple stuff. It doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to be on a massive amount of supplements or things like that. Um, uh, I was part of a, a 
a group, I'm trying to think, uh, International Society for Nutritional Psychiatry Research, so I'm a clinical member. Um, it's quite new and um, started out in Australia. And you we're know, talking about the latest research that's coming out in psychobiotics. Pardon me if I've... Oh, I haven't heard of that one. <laughs> <laughs> I may have actually said it wrong. But anyway, they'll forgive me. Um, but we were having this discussion that it, it's really hard with the research because the placebo effect of just getting um, people to start a program that will involve nutrition and supplements and you know psychotherapy, that 50% of the patients with significantly statistically, other way around, statistically significant, uh, that they've found an improvement in mood for people that are on a placebo. So it's it even comes down to the fact that just being in that mindset of starting something, you actually right. don't even have to be taking anything. And is that the opposite? Like, so uh, the, that you talk about that two-way street, is that when you feel stressed and anxious, your gut turns or you, uh, my, that's it, my food, I'm not eat, I can't eat, yeah. I can't do that. And then the opposite is that if you can generate that, that mental mindset in your head that, everything, that you can reduce some of those symptoms, you know, like you maybe? Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's why like meditation and yoga and... And things like that are really gaining popularity, which is just, just brilliant. Because there's even research um, coming out of the states now in the last couple of years, which has been fantastic about how it. Um, so we've got our parasympathetic nervous system and our sympathetic nervous Adrian system. Adrian loves it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so you know, often in PTSD, this sympathetic nervous system is just on all the time, and. What that does is so we think of our parasympathetic nervous system is our rest and digest. Sympathetic nervous system, fight, fight. So when it's switched on all the time, this again is how our gut is affected. It actually slows down our gastric functioning. It slows down our production of gastric acid. It slows down gastric motility. That's where things like uh, constipation and that come in. So, you know, we're, when we're in this sympathetic activation all the time and they, you know, with, they're just not getting a chance to switch off, this is, you know, it's the gut just doesn't have a chance to do its job. And that also, um, you know, predisposes people with depression to have... Um, higher rates of nutritional deficiencies because their guts just not breaking down their food properly it's not doing its job so that's where meditation is um, is amazing because gives them the opportunity to switch off and it'll be funny because sometimes when I'm taking yoga you know like it'll happen to me your gut starts going yeah <laughs> like it is you know, all bodily functions are accepted in this class uh, because, you know, they're finally... It kickstarts it, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds bloody weird, I know, it's hippy-dippy, but it's, it's, a, it's a serious thing. And um, they've been able to, uh, you know, do some testing on people after they've taken meditation and yoga and um, it's reduced their uh, blood pressure improves their heart rate variability um, 
just, yeah, it's just, just something so simple. And so that's just the, like, so using meditation, you're a fan of fasting, intermittent fasting? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've personally, um, before it became a thing, I've been using intermittent fasting myself for about five years. So I got first was interested in it when Dr. Michael Mosley came out with his 5-2 diet and that, and I used it to actually, for pain, to reduce pain. Um, I didn't use it for weight loss or anything uh, at, at the time, but I just found that uh, I first I started the 5-2, so there's different methods of intermittent fasting, and Michael Mosley was a big one on the 5-2, which is five days of normal eating, two days of restricted calories, 500 calories for women, 600 calories for men, and that's how it first started. I personally wired off, like just couldn't, didn't need to sleep. It was socially not really that acceptable because I just didn't need to sleep. Yeah, I, did, I tried doing it, uh, uh, Adrian put me on an intermittent fasting and I did a three day no food for oh, three days. And just it was to only, kick it off, to like yeah, three nice. days to kick it off and then get into like eight, eight six. Then. A cycle. And yeah. it was, I was, after the first, I think lunch and dinner, I was like, oh, I could eat something. And then by breakfast the next morning, I was like, I could not eat. Yep. And then going to sleep, I'm like, I, energy was just, it was on all day. Isn't it? Yep. Yeah. And you just, you're like, why? So um, some some women th- thrive on the 5-2 as well because they can cycle in and out of it. So uh, there is some evidence with intermittent fasting, if especially with women, um, it can be a hormonal disruptor if you continuously low calorie, like you're staying in that under the 500 calorie mark may not be best for women. Men thrive on intermittent fasting. They adapt to it really well and, you know, completely adapted in two, two to three weeks. Um, changes your food cravings. Yep. Yeah, um, changes your taste, doesn't it? Like yep. you, you're not craving. And then when you eat something sweet, you're just like, oh yeah. man, that's piercing both cheeks. Um, yeah, so uh, like intermittent fasting. So, and some of the other benefits of it, I'm not sure if you've heard of the um, term brain derived neurotropic factor. That uh, you're going to start writing this down, mate. I should have enough. So, that's a, that's a protein that um, you basically think of it as like fertilizer for the brain and it um, encourages the growth of new brain cells and it helps to. Um, increase the resilience of the brain cells that we already have and keeps that beautiful neural pathway um, they're talking to each other and uh, intermittent fasting so depressed people will often have research to back this up as well everything I say is evidence-based so I don't pluck anything out of my butt but um, <laughs> just so you know uh, yeah, so they've found that they have lower levels of this brain-derived neurotropic factor. And there's really cool research coming out now uh, about intermittent fasting and uh, the ketogenic diet. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there thinking that ketogenic diet is a fad, intermittent fasting is a fad. Intermittent fasting has been around, you know, as a religious... Uh, I'm not going to say therapy, but as... Um, it's like Ramadan and, and, yes. and that as well, it's isn't it? It's been around for 
thousands of, of years and so it's not anything new and it's not a fad it's here to stay because the research is really backing it up because um, we've got slaved with diets over like the last 30 all the, all the actual fad diets but so, and then someone actually comes out and you're like so the problem with, with fad diets is because people are looking at them just for weight loss because that's the easiest exactly. way to sell to make money of selling a diet yeah, but it's got to be exactly. for weight loss and that's why they come at like paleo the concept of not eating processed foods fantastic yeah they want to put a sticker on it and say it's going to help you lose weight really quick and then everyone's like oh it's a fad diet don't read too far into it and then keto replaces it and, and intimate like when I talk about intermittent fasting, I focus more on like the eight and sixteen windows. Yeah, and if that's, they try and that's sell how that, I do it. Yeah, yeah. If they try if you try and look at just weight loss, you're wasting your time, and exactly. it's, it's going to be a fad. But all of the actual health benefits, like holistic health benefits, yeah, they're undeni- they're undeniable. They're they're really well uh, researched, science based now, mm. and you know they've been using the ketogenic ketogenic diet for a long time now with children with epilepsy to really get great effect um, they're now doing more research in um, uh, non-drug dependent type 2 diabetes reversing type 2 diabetes and the thing with intermittent fasting so I do the restricted eating window mm-hmm. as well because um, and so for that's uh, restricted so for the guys uh, that's, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's uh, so that's basically like for me, it's personally between I have an eight-hour win- eating window between twelve and eight p.m. and you know I eat I have to eat well in that um, that period of time. And the thing with intermittent fasting and the ketogenic diet is they both produce ketones, and these ketones are know what our we convert we can use as fuel instead of carbohydrates so the ketogenic diet can be up to 75% uh, fat in the diet moderate protein low carb and you know a lot of people will say well the ketogenic diet is not um, practical for uh, for people and some people it's some people it's not you know you do have to do it well you have to keep an eye on your electrolytes you have to eat well same with intermittent fasting you know, a lot of patients who are overweight will say to me, "Well, I skip breakfast and I'm still overweight." Yeah, but it's not—it's it's not, not about that. It, yeah. What are you eating? Mm. You may be skipping breakfast, but if you're not fat adapted and mm. you're eating, still eating crap in your eight-hour window or whenever you—and you know—they're often making poor food choices again, especially if they're depressed or anxious, and it's they're not they're not they're not intermittent fasting you know they're not producing ketones they're not um you know using fat for fuel so but when they kick into that it's incredibly powerful and there was a really cool study so i'll find uh i will send you all the links so you you can um relate all these links in your show notes if you're doing show notes i'm sure you'll be but yeah yeah yeah, i'll link all these um the research articles for you um it's going off on another tangent there. That's right. Yeah, it was really good. You said it was really good. I can't remember where I was going, but it was can another. Just, can we just reverse all the, the Facebook trials at the moment, watching us drink beers, talking about keto? We're well aware that that's not keto. <laughs> 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 we're having a day off. Be, there's low-carb beer. Why are we drinking low-carb beer? Yeah, it tastes like shit, but... Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, this is low-carb. There's, um... What's that? Burley. It tastes all right, but I'm not convinced yet. Like, I, unless someone's showing me how you make beer with zero carbs... 
Yeah. We can get them on the podcast next and they get yeah, them on the sponsors. Big booze. Yeah. yeah. yeah we need a, um, drink a million of them. If you're out there, we need a veteran owned low carb beer. Beer. Mm. Get on to it. Because I found like there was ways that there's ways that you've just got to adapt to so saying like, oh, it's not really practical. That's because uh, I think we came down the first day we came down here to start the next group like come out once a month or get together and, and nut out some ideas and then we go down to this restaurant we're like we'll go quick get something to eat real quick and it's just pastries rolls carbs carbs i'm like right and that was like i've been in three-day fasting and then intermittent fasting no carbs for two weeks and i was gonna like oh well that's it i'm hungry yeah i'm just gonna eat it now how did you feel how did you feel when you were smashing the carbs i <laughs> sleep for four yeah. days like straight after yeah yeah but you can't like so we yeah one of the boys hooked us up with cheap rooms at the QT and their breakfast doesn't matter how long you've been in keto you're gonna eat everything <laughs> yeah. well, it was you good know, breakfast because how long does it take people generally to switch into ketosis if they if they drop their carbs out or they don't fast look it really depends but we all of us will wake up in a slight state of ketosis because we've been fasting for however long and obviously the earlier you finish eating it in at night so the optimal is two hours before you sleep but um it, it really does it really does yeah. depend it's very individualized but uh but we all we all start off in this mild form of ketosis but as soon as we're hitting breakfast we're out and we're using carbs straight away. Our liver's using our glycogen stores. It's just been provided by our, by our carb hit. We're not using fat for fuel anymore. And, you know, I came, I was heavily training in the era of low fat. Like low fat. Because that came out, this, when was that when they were like, fats are bad. If you want to lose weight, you oh, get yeah. rid of fats. And I, I look back now, and not only was I anemic, I was fat starved. I was... Uh, it was all low fat, low fat dairy, uh, you know, no fat in your diet whatsoever. So it was all low fat dairy, low fat, you know, yogurt. Um, I was using Nutilex, uh, you know, not even, you know, they come out with now these marketing, uh, you know, heart healthy margarines mm. and crap like that. Um, and I was also using Splendor. No. I was baking where I was doing triathletes and baking with like fake, you know, this, but I, I didn't know. I was going, well, this is sugar free, you mm. know, and I really think back now, my memory was shocking. You know, our brain's made of 60% fat. I was starving my brain and, uh, yeah. And that's, you know, so we're getting more information out now, but a lot of people are struggling with, it's information overload. What do I do? Where do I go? How do I start? And the biggest problem is the food out there that we have so readily available is not helping us. You know, it's not helping anyone. So it's, it, it, it's, it's a battle. Cause well, even- Well, where breakfast is, is cereals and Unless you're going to cook yourself bacon and eggs every morning, which you rush off the work trying to get the kids yeah. to school, and you're like, cereal, go for it. Oats, go for it. You know, it's just carbs. Breakfast is carbs. Yeah, yeah. And you're just setting yourself up for the day. Um, you know, like, and, and yeah, you're just setting your up, yourself up for these highs and these lows and these, you know, dips and cravings and, you know, the whole, the whole thing in the past of eating every two to three hours. 
it's fantastic not, marketing campaign if you sell yeah, food for a living. Yeah. <laughs> oh, where did I read? It, um, you know, breakfast, the big whole breakfast cereal thing. Um, was Kellogg, Ke- Kellogg. Kellogg, yeah. 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 And yeah. we just got pulled off YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to edit that. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Kellogg becomes a major sponsor for pull this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it was. It was it was a marketing hit, the same as everything. It's a, yeah. I'm, I, I love a good conspiracy, but that's you can trace that back to when people started eating cereal for breakfast. It's yeah. just marketing. Exactly. It's just poor programming, put on poor programming. Like your dad raised you or your parents, like this is how you do it. And then now there's so much information out there. It's actually saying you're like, well, what's true? What's yeah. not? Who do I trust? Who's mm. not trying to get a dollar out of it? Yeah, exactly. That's it. Um, it, it is, it's just a minefield out there, but at the same time, it's also, it's also really exciting, really exciting because, um, there's some great research that's, um, that's coming out, that's trying to help us to understand this whole gut brain connection and how, uh, you know, food affects, food affects our mood, you know, and, um, the more awareness there is about that, then, uh, you know, can really help people. Yeah, because I find out Adrian was driving to work and I'm like, in traffic, it was back to back and I'm like, if anything's going to get me anxious, it's already been like, oh, I'm on time. I'm going to leave exactly, like, because I'm rushing around because I'm poor time management and I'm going to leave bang on the time I need to get to the next place I need to get to and then I hit one red light and I'm done and then anxiety through the roof and I phone him up and I'm like, obviously hands free. <laughs> Not really like that. Yeah, and it was like mid two days into the fast, and I was just like, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I just felt fine. Just that's just awesome. cruised it. Like there was no drama. I was just like, there wasn't dramas. And I, and, yeah. yeah, and clarity. Have yeah, you found that you know because brain fog, brain fog can be a real, uh, real thing as well. You know, especially. Um, this whole, the whole neuroinflammation that we're starting to understand as well, you know, and like I talked about before that, BDNF being quite low in people with depression and how we can, we can use food and diet and lifestyle, you know, there's cool, cool research out there also about exercise, how exercise increases BDNF as well. And, you know, exercise improving our, our mood is nothing new. Mm. But being able to see the research that uh, that shows the increase in these kind of um, you know neurons and yeah. firing our synapses and you know just helping with our cognition, our sleep, our mood. Um, there's just yeah, it's that Good. lifestyle as well, and that's what I'm into. Not just the clinical nutrition part, but also the lifestyle. It's very lifestyle medicine as well. Because that the psych, it's like a second. It used to be a secondary thing, wasn't it? For psychs, you go to a psych and you're like, you know, I'm not feeling real good. Like, oh, you know, if you can get some exercise and do that. And now they're looking at it as a as a primary Prime. treatment. Yeah, the first yeah. one I saw. I don't know if you followed Rhonda Patrick. Followed yeah, yeah. On Instagram and, and Facebook, yeah. and she pushes out studies. She knows where to find them. I'm going yeah. to spend my all day every day looking at research. But she pushed one out the other day, saying that the first trials going on now to prove exercise as a primary anxiety to depression treatment method. Yeah, definitely. Rather than going to a psychiatrist, getting 
four months worth of talks and a big bucket of drugs. Yeah. And if you've got time, do some do some exercise. Like they're like, no, let's cut everything else away other than exercise. Yeah. It should be primary. It should be a primary care. Mm. And and it's amazing. It's as little as ten to fifteen minutes of moderate exercise. You just get out there and go for a walk, especially in sun, vitamin D as well. Uh, you know, they call it the sunshine, you know, the sunshine, the happy vitamin. Um, it's actually a hormone, but um, they've shown increases in this brain-derived neurotropic factor just in 10 to 15 minutes of um, moderate intensity exercise, you know. And so it doesn't have to be, you don't have to go and smash mm. yourself. You know, because a lot of people also use exercise as... To burn cortisol and stuff, like... Yeah, but they, they can use it ad, in an adverse, you know, it can become an addiction... Uh, just like anything else and you know it's increases cortisol it's a stressor on the body as well so you know we can go too far the other way with exercise uh, and a lot of people will use that as an extreme coping mm. mechanism uh, so it is finding that it is and that's why that. and that's why I'm in that happy medium I don't want to train too hard and get in shape but <laughs> yeah. I don't want to build my cortisol levels up too much yeah <laughs> you know you don't want to become a unit <laughs> yeah, no, he's super stressed like no because <laughs> what's the what's the sunshine you're talking about the vitamin D and, the, and it's actually a hormone not a yeah, yeah. So vitamin D is actually, um, they call it a vitamin, but it's actually a hormone and that is linked to uh, our immune system. And again, low levels of vitamin D often in a depressed patients. So, you know, one of the first things we'll do is get, if someone's showing signs of depressive symptoms, is getting, you know, full blood work because uh, vitamin B12 is also um, connected to depression and anxiety. Uh, and iron deficiency also affects you know fatigue and mood and uh, low levels of vitamin D are quite frequently seen in um, patients with depression so it's something as simple as getting 15 to 20 minutes of sun um, trying to get it exposed on you know bigger parts of your body because we have this obviously skin cancer has been a big concern for a long period of time but we've almost gone so far the other way that yeah, we're not actually getting adequate levels of vitamin D at the moment, mm. especially it's a really good idea to have it seasonally tested because we often have low levels during winter and if someone's showing frequent um, colds, you know, poor immune function, um, yeah, we'll definitely, definitely test. But um, there's, you only get a small amount of vitamin D from food, so the biggest part is sunshine. And also, if you can get, it may not be possible for everyone if you've got like an office job, but getting up in the morning and uh, exposing yourself to some sunshine, go out and have a coffee in the sun, sets your circadian rhythm, tells your body clock, okay, this is the morning, go throughout your day, you know, your circadian rhythm changes throughout the day and preps you for this is the morning and then come evening this is time for me to you know start getting ready for sleep and, and, yeah, and you have lows and highs for the day don't yeah you? that's yeah, right yeah. it's a cycle and it can especially with screens screens you know would disrupt our whole circadian rhythm as well so that's why a lot of us especially it's hard when you have your own business and we're spending a lot of time 
on our screens as well. Yeah, I've got apps on all my computers that are light controllers. So like you, you said, got Flux, Flux. Flux, yeah. Yeah, Flux. Yeah, so yeah. as soon as it's like, and it tracks sunrise, sunset. So as soon as the sun's going down, your screen lights yeah, are going yellow. Yeah. And same on the other end, I haven't got them yet, but there's like, I think they invented these for, for the guys living at the at the extreme poles, like where they're super dark yes. for all winter. So they've got vitamin D emitting headphones, I think now. There's stuff, there's somewhere, I don't know, might have to Google it, mate, because I'm probably talking shit, but they, think, they have got these lights. I think you might have been Greenfield talking about it. There's, there's something oh, yes. you put on your head and it shoots vitamin D straight in your ear. Have a look at it. There's <laughs> <laughs> a 50 50 shot. This is okay. my way. <laughs> It could have been at two in the morning down the YouTube channel. So, so I'm open. I'm, I'm uh, yeah. You have a charger. Is that what it's called? I've got no idea, but is it an earphone that, or an earplug that has immense vitamin D? Yeah. Or a vitamin D light? Uh, Please don't make me say. Excuse for a charge. Edit, edit. Cut, yeah. cut. Oh no, that'll go. It's all about when I'm staying in there and then I'll just make yeah. up less facts. People are trying to Google it. Like, yeah. <laughs> what the hell, man? I thought we were trusting to speak, yeah. There's definitely a lot of the lights, because I, I was listening to Ben, Green, ben Greenfield talk about, he gets up when he goes to work, and he's got, gets nude, he's just got these vitamin D lights just shooting him all over. But I'm pretty sure Yeah, it's so a light therapy, light like yeah. therapy. Yeah, I don't know about headset, that's interesting. Because they, they've got stuff in England where they just talk about people who get depressed in winter in England. Yeah, and they're yeah always it's called like, SAD, yeah. Seasonal Affective Disorder. Mm. Put it, they put in the water in like European countries that have like no supplement I was looking at it. Yeah, supplemental. Because when I was doing yeah. night shift, my vitamin D levels dropped oh, off. Oh, was yeah. I was in front of a computer all night and it was like, I was really bad. And I th- and yeah. as soon as I think supplements and getting out in the sun in the morning, yeah. that was a big thing I did. When I was on shift, yeah. that was better. Straight yeah, away. shift work, shift workers really get the mm. bum end oh. of the stick with. Um, and then, I mean, the rates of like FIFO guys that are working all day, underground all day, they're all depressed. Yeah. Miners, yeah, it's massive. Mm. Yeah. M- miners, emergency work at the, the shift work. Yeah, exactly. Nurses. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's very, it's, you know, sleep, sleep is massive and, you know, it's one of those really, really difficult things, you know, especially with um, depression, PTSD, sleep is one of the, the most challenging, yeah, most challenging You're things. Right. Human charger. Sun Look in out. your pocket. Human Charger, a market disruptor. This revolutionary device is your well-being and channels bright light directly into the light sensors of your brain. Okay, yeah, cool. Interesting. It's cool. Didn't where does it come from? Where? where? Does it you go in your ear or go. does it go in your eye? <laughs> 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 I'm going to straighten your eye People sit at home staring at the TV on widescreen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. See, there's so many... I love biohacking. Yeah, it's so just, do I. But I and it, what, mm-hmm. I, what I love about most of it is all they're doing is mimicking the way we're supposed to live before we started jamming ourselves into cities and doing stupid yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. And that's like that's. I mean, that's why I was a big fan of like paleo when it first came out. Not yeah. because I wanted to follow a new fad diet, but I'm like, I just look back and go, all you're doing is just eating how people did back yeah. before we lived in cities. Look, paleo was great when it first came out because it got a lot of people back to eating real food. Yeah. I think there was um, a little bit of, with paleo, a little bit of extremist kind of views, almost like, you know, with the 
no disrespect to vegans, but you know, it can be almost uh, quite... Well, it, it becomes a cult. It, yeah, cult following and can be quite um, aggressive. You know, I was, yeah. uh, on my Facebook page, I was abused by by vegans at one stage there, um, you know, uh, for recommending, I think it was butter. Mm. Yeah. So did they eat eat plastic? Didn't they? It wasn't margarine another time. We're gonna have to check this. Didn't they invent margarine as like to fatten turkeys up? And then even the turkeys were needed. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, and they're like, let's put, let's make it yellow and sell it as butter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. The turkeys are smarter than us. Yeah, and they're like, I need it. Yeah, because well, everyone like, no, stay away from butter because you'll get fat. It's like, it's opposite, you know, really yeah. get your diet sorted out and all the good foods that you can eat. And I was listening to a Ben Grinfold um, podcast yesterday about how, you know, people are coming out now saying that uh, intermittent fasting and ketogenic diet is a, a form of orthorexia. Um, I should... Actually, uh, hopefully I'm saying that term right when we, you know, have disordered eating, mm. a form of disordered eating. And he's like, that's just, it's just rubbish. Um, but I think any, you know, it's very, I'm, I'm very about personalised nutrition. So whereas someone may thrive on a ketogenic diet, someone else may, um, you know, really struggle with it. Mm. And, you know, same with intermittent fasting. You know, some people just may not, may not get it, or, or it may not, you know, have a positive effect for them, or it increases their stress levels because they're, you know, taking it to an extreme or restricting their calories too heavily and things like that. So, I really think that there's no one, there's no one diet no. for everyone. And but that's, that's how I try and gauge it too, because if you're a lot of bodybuilders and guys who want to get into like fitness modeling and stuff. They're forcing himself to calorie restrict all day, every day, forever. Yeah. And if you're if you're con- getting up every day and going, I have to con- like consciously fight these cravings to eat. That's a problem. But that yeah. only happens in the first two or three weeks when you when you transition to fat adapted diet. Like, and that's mostly because we're addicted to sugar. So it's yeah, painful exactly. for a couple of weeks. But after that, I don't crave food. I crave food maybe once a day. Yeah. I, I sometimes will go. Geez, it's one o'clock. Yeah. I, I haven't eaten, but I'm I, I not. I'm six not, o'clock at night. I'm not hungry. Yeah. And you know, fat adapted, but and I think sometimes it is perseverance, mm. but you've also got to look at what else is going on with that individual. You know, is it really the right time for them? You know, depending on other lifestyle factors, how much stress they're under. So, you know, there can be. And that's when mindset comes into it as well. Mm. Um, but often, just the start of something getting them on the path of intermittent fasting you know they're in that mindset like right this is a reset you know and and, and it's good because it's a decision point it's, a, it's yes to do that you, you're making a decision not a not a choice it's not like i'd like to change you it, and once you're into it and i was like i'm not suffering for this for three days uh to then to go then back to what it. i was doing so yeah exactly. and it just took me all the way through but is there an argument with so they talk about, oh, I felt like I only eaten once a day. And when I got to the end of that three days, I'm like, I could probably go another day or two days. Like I wasn't start, I wasn't, there was no hunger cravings. Yeah. Well, look, they've, they, they've, they argue that it, it slows your metabolism. Is, and is that 
bullshit. Is that um, bullshit? That's old school. Yeah. That's old school. They've done some great uh, research in the last year or two um, that the magic number now for rapid weight loss, uh, I think it was a study in England um, that Dr. Michael Mosley brought out his new book, uh, The Fast 800, I think it is, about 800 calories a day being the sweet spot for at least two to three months, rapid weight loss. And so old school way of thinking was, you know, we should not be going into rapid weight loss. It's, you know, not good for us. It slows our metabolism. You lose it, you'll put it straight back on. Yep, you lose muscle mass. That's also, Ben Greenfield's talked mm. about that as well. That's, we can preserve muscle mass. We've got a really good ability to do that. Uh, yeah, they're talking about this sweet spot of 800 calories a day. Uh, you know, from for months, and they found that the patients that had the most rapid weight loss kept the weight off for the long term, for the really longest gone. period of time, because it was a it was a motivator. They were so mm. motivated for, look at this. I've you know I've dropped so uh, many yeah. dress sizes. You know, and for men, that visceral fat, which is the worst kind of fat around that's wrapped around your organs. Because that's diabetes, is that the big one? Yes, that increases your insulin-like growth factor. Um, you know, you're predisposed to diabetes, type two diabetes and um, cardiovascular disease. It's it's the fat that's around your, your organs, around your belly that's, you know, you can have fat on your thighs and on your on your butt, it's not it's not concerned. This is the health concern, and um, yeah, the this rapid weight loss had the the biggest most long term uh, benefit. So uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of old school way of thinking has really been blown out of the water with some great research to back it up. Yeah, because I, I was no way I was going to do like and it's about the Swiss Aid building the trust getting you on because you're one of those people that you've, you've got all these credentials, you, you're, you're, you care about the people you're with, the people you work yeah. for, you're trying to give back to them and that's why we're like, we need to get people like this who people can trust to, to get rid of the misinformation and, and that's why nothing about Swiss A would ever go onto that public domain if it wasn't tested, tried or... or, or yeah, exactly. And I, I definitely wouldn't, um, you know, and that's why I say it's evidence-based because I'm fascinated by the research and research can be flawed as well uh, you know some research can be biased so and that's again where the individual comes in just because it worked for a certain group of people uh, doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone and you know it's really hard to do uh, well to do research because there's so many other factors that influence um, patients that are going through trials and you know they're all got different lifestyle stresses and you know yes. what are they really eating through through a trial and things like that but definitely what blew my mind um, when we were having this chat recently was about the placebo effect just start just starting something getting in the headspace like right I'm going to get up going to get some sunshine on my face I'm going to move for 10 to 15 minutes I'm going to put my meditation app on uh, you know for five minutes in the morning you don't even have to um, a lot of people think with meditation as well 
that you know you have to sit in the lotus position and all oh, and, and, and they talk about the monkey mind and all this kind of stuff it's almost impossible to empty empty your thoughts mm. empty your mind and what i try to teach people uh, with mindfulness-based therapies and how that can help their gut symptoms and that as well is just accepting you are going to have a whole heap of crap in your head. They they actually um, wired up some participants during a yoga class, uh, I think it was in the States, and, you know, how many times the brain activity. Yep. And, you know, it was like every three seconds, something's coming, something's happening, something's mm. happening, something... So when I, I tell people in the class, you know, it's okay. Something might be happening every few seconds, a hundred times during your practice. It's normal mm-hmm. and it's okay. They're there. I see those thoughts. Yep. How you doing? Thank you very much. I'm going to go back to my breath and I'm just going to breathe and, and it's okay. And Because a lot of people feel that they have to fight it. And, you know, um, I was talking to one of the head psychologists at Chris at Mates for Mates, and he said, meditation can be whatever it is that takes you out of your headspace, even for just a moment. So it can be gardening. For me, it's going for a surf. You know, I'm not the best surfer, but man, just... Just being out there on the waves. Focusing on something. There is there is nothing can touch me, you know, and it can be walking on the sand, feeling your grounding. Grounding might sound a bit hippy-dippy, but it's, you know, putting your feet in the sand or the grass or doing some gardening or, you know, whatever it is, listening to it, playing music. So my dad is a musician and he's been through some significant trauma after my mum passed away. He will sit and play guitar for just for hours because that gets him out of his headspace for that mm. moment in time. So it's whatever floats your boat. Yeah, my old man does that. He works in the backyard. Like when I was younger, because he's Swiss, and I was like, this dude's got a problem. He's an old school European that cannot relax. All he wants to do when he's not at work, is work in the yard and build stuff. Yeah. And then when I got older, I'm like, nah, that's his meditation. It he, is. I don't even know yeah. if he realizes it no. yet, but he's down in the yard just raking leaves and mowing grass that doesn't need to be mowed. For no other reason than his brain can turn off. And yeah. he probably doesn't have to listen to mum when she's about shit in the house. That's his spot. But like, it's his spot. That's what gut yeah. him. Yeah. Ground roses. Like, Max is starting to do. Yeah. There's <laughs> a warrior in the garden and a gardener in a wall. <laughs> but it, it really is. And I think, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be hard. And a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of people say, no, nah, I can't do it, you know, and, and same with with the yoga and meditation, you know, a lot of a lot of um, military and first responders will come in to a class and be very sceptical, uh, and then at the end of it, they're like, man, what what mm. was that? And some of them don't even realise that they're, they're out, they're, they're gone. And then they'll, they'll be, they'll wake up at the end and go, I haven't done that in five years. Yeah. They they have actually fully switched off, and that sympathetic nervous system for the first time in maybe years has just gone. Man, it's not a Irene. Yeah. You know. Have you seen these guys? Tristan. Yeah, he's a yeah. legend, isn't he? And yeah. that's the same thing. All he's trying to do is take the woo-woo out of yoga and meditation. Yeah, and make it more make it more. Because it's a hard market. Like veterans, dudes especially, but veterans in general, it's a hard market to go. You spent your whole life trying to be 
the biggest, toughest, baddest person you could to go and fight wars and whatever. Yeah. But now we want you to just chill and zen out. Yeah. And like, nah, I don't do flowers in barrels. Like, and it's 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 not that. And I know with Tristan, he 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 does like a more active kind of, of mm. yoga, and he does the meditation thing as well. And I don't believe he's a fan of the style of that I do the trauma sensitive or trauma informed. I like to put a, a label on it. Um, but the kind, we're still trying to achieve the same thing yeah. and it's not, um, you know, ego, ego aside, it is, uh, it is a difference. It is a different style. Mine's all on the, on the mat. There is no active kind of yoga and that's not because active yoga is a, a negative thing. Mine is for severely traumatized yeah. and injured. So I have, um, I have veterans that uh, have uh, amputees, I have traumatic brain injury, I have stroke. Mm. So they actually can't do yeah. the active style of yoga. So this way they go, I'm still going to yoga and I'm meditating, but they, you know, they don't have to feel like they can't be included because they can't. Because it's all about up. where your body is now, isn't it? That's what yoga and meditation, it's not trying to achieve something, it's just being there's Where no expectation. Yeah. That's right. There's there's no expectation. Um, it's just if you've got a chance to chillax, then that's cool. Yeah. Can I pause for a second? You, yeah, yeah, give us a sec. You I mean, should be uh, <laughs> giving like, advice. Mate, you're gonna be so dehydrated. You drink every day. He's like, nah, it's fast as way to hydrate your kidneys. <laughs> I'll prove it to you. Went out of piss. Turns out you like scales two beers. It's clear. I'm like, oh, makes you got your me. kidneys work <laughs> hard. It's a massive diuretic. So how do we kick it? We're just gonna kick straight back in there. So we're talking about uh, yoga before. Are Ooh. we at the end of the yoga conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Just hit go, mate. You can chop it in. What, what about? Do you wanna? Right there, do you wanna ask me about um, what what tips? What biohacking tips? Yeah. So for... just just general biohacking stuff that guys can do right now. They can start it off. The things that might seem common, for, like or, or you know, obvious to most some people, but. For them, they're like, oh, right, I can do it right now. Yeah. Oh, look, it doesn't have to be complicated. You know, things starting like cleaning up your diet. Diet's a massive one. So as I was talking before about depression being a, a mood, being a process of inflammation, uh, eating an anti-inflammatory diet. So the Mediterranean diet, which we've all heard about, one of the most highly studied diets there are out there. Uh, but you know, it's really back to just whole food, nothing new, nothing new, but uh, eat, eating whole food, real food, going back to, you know, healthy fats. We've, you know, been so adverse to fat for, for so long and now we're learning more about, you know, our brain needs fat for cognitive function now, for our mood, um, you know, things like coconut oil, olive oil, good fats you know we've been taught for so long to stay away from fat um, embracing fat embracing real food uh, and really eating an an when I say an anti-inflammatory diet it's a diet that's high in antioxidants which is natural through sources of food so things like uh, berries you know blueberries are the best there's a cool study that they did with uh, women with depression that uh, having a cup of blueberries re reduce their depressive symptoms within two hours. 
And that's like, I'm obsessed with blue, like blueberries. Yes, yeah, I want to go get some blueberries. Yeah. You know, everyone, everyone should have frozen blueberries in their freezer. Like, I'm serious. So it's, it doesn't have to be complicated eating real food. And unfortunately, when we're feeling like crap, we're going to, you know, we're drawn to crap food because it's so readily available. Convenient, but if we yeah. just um, stick to the, heard this probably before, stick to the outside of the aisles of the supermarket. And, and another tip is when you get to the, you know, you get to the supermarket checkout and you're looking in your trolley, you think there's a clinical nutritionist looking over my shoulder <laughs> right now and they're going to say, okay, dude, get rid of that, that that's highly processed. Because even some um, health foods that are market foods that are marketed as health foods, um, packaged foods are still really high in sugar. It might be gluten free, but the sugar is still the first or second ingredient. So simple things like, where is sugar on the nutrient label? If it's in the top three, man, it's you know, hey. put it back. Oh, I'm about to get educated. So, yeah, right. So, 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 so yeah, it's a really like. If you're picking up something yep. and there's, so sugar can be hidden as different words as, you know, sugar, sucrose, sucralose, yep, yep. but you know, if it's in the top three ingredients, that's, that's not Base makeup yeah, of put, put it back, put it back, you know, and, and the problem also with saying, don't eat packaged food is you go to the fruit and veggie section and the apples are packaged in a packet. But so really it's about processed food, you know, it's minimally, pro you cannot go wrong if you're eating as minimally processed as you can, because when you're taking out the processed foods, you're bringing, you're replacing it with real, with real foods, you know, whole foods. So as back to stripping it as back to close to nature as possible, you know, and, um, healthy fats bringing in so bringing in um meat fish uh chicken so protein protein provides neurotransmitters which is for our mood you know improves our mood healthy fats which improves our brain um carbohydrates from good sources so your green leafy veg nuts seeds so it's i'm not really saying anything new and you've probably all heard it or read it before, but it really is getting into that mindset of uh, high antioxidants in your diet, which is things like uh, your berries, your green tea, high polyphenols, uh, coffee, dark chocolate, 75%. And above. And above, yep. yep. So the higher the cocaine, the cacao content, the better. Uh, you know, so like, yeah, it's, it's nothing new, but it's really just stripping it back and, uh, really thinking about before you go to put what you're about to eat in your mouth, is it, is it serving me? Like, is it serving me? Is it, is it contributing to that neuroinflammation? Is it just got, you know, bucket of hot chips? great when you're hungover and maybe very tempting but it's going to make you feel like crap mm. within no time and a lot of people will recognize you keep a food diary you know i'll get a lot of patients to keep a food diary even over a period of a week to 
relay how the food that they eat makes them feel. Um, you know, a lot of people don't realise because as we get older, you know, frequently lactose intolerant, we um, don't uh, tolerate dairy as much, especially as we're older. So, you know, that can have symptoms of diarrhoea and, you know, gut upset and things like that. So really making that connection between what you eat and how it makes you feel. And so... If we so we're going to eat healthy, and that's the good. And but how if we've been sitting on a so if you you've gone out, you've gone on a bender for a week, you, you're probably not healthy. But you decide we, now, or maybe six, well, we maybe seventy years, weekend. or maybe <laughs> maybe a weekend, and you're deciding now, you're like, okay, so maybe I go to the toilet. Maybe my stools aren't super cool. Maybe I am a bit messed up in the head. But what are the what are the things that I can do to to improve my gut health, and maybe speed it up so you know like, can we do yeah, kombucha and stuff definitely, like that definitely definitely so um improving the good bacteria in our gut is vital for that gut brain connection that we talked about so yeah, um prebiotic prebiotic foods that feed the good bacteria in our gut things like um garlic onions um things like uh, fermented foods yep. so fermented foods kombucha uh, fermented dairy, if you can sauerkraut, tolerate it. That, we on the, sauerkraut yeah. is cool. Um, so they all have beneficial bacteria. If you can tolerate full fat uh, yogurt, beneficial um, bacteria in the in the yogurt. So fermented foods. Getting back to so this is stuff that we ate back in the day. You know, yeah. back in back in the day that we've Before gone we've gone so far away from. It's you know we're going back to it, but. Um, it's feeding that good bacteria in yeah. our gut that helps, um, you know, with those neurotransmitters creating, uh, you know, those mood enhancing neurotransmitters in our brain um, by feeding the good bacteria in our gut. So the Western diet it, uh, has been shown to really reduce the uh, bifidobacterium that's in our gut, so beneficial bacteria. So the traditional Western diet just, you know, almost depletes it. So not good for our gut, not good for our brain. So if we go and put all this stuff straight back into it, yeah. am I sitting on the toilet for a week? Uh, okay, so there is a thing called, so a lot of people will go out, you can buy probiotics, you know, from the chemist, uh, health food store, really easy. And some people will um, high dose or even moderate dose on probiotics and there's the, something called the Herxheimer effect. So it's a rapid die off. And so if you've got a lot of um, dysbiosis there and a lot of the unhealthy bacteria in your gut, you can have symptoms of nausea. There can even be um, vomiting. Some people will, if there's a high rate of the, the bad bacteria in their gut. So if you're going in there hard with probiotics, they can often have this reaction um, with diarrhea and um, yeah, nausea. And so is that good? Is that bad? Like if um, look, we, what we would do is get them to drop back on a pro on their probiotic. So uh, you know you can halve the dose, drop it back. But the, a lot of people, unfortunately, will stop taking a probiotic. Mm. Obviously, when they get those side effects, they think, "Oh, this is not right. I shouldn't take it." But it's actually we don't want to have those symptoms we're just going in you might be just going in too hard and drop the dose back uh you know to reduce those side effects but it's really sticking with it and it will build up the beneficial bacteria but um for me you know 
unless I'm treating an individual and I know what their gut bacteria are like through through microbial testing, um, you know, it would be food first. So in a podcast like this one, we just will stick to food. Yep. Um, it's feeding the good bacteria with the prebiotics and the and you know the healthy bacteria that's naturally in food is the safest way to do it. But yes, be warned if you're going to take a off the shelf probiotic. <clears throat> Excuse me, I need another drink. <laughs> it's medicinal beer. I'm not sure that there's probiotics now, but um, <laughs> yeah, that uh, yeah, you might have that symptom, and it's normal, and you just back it off a little bit, and then just but um, persevere. So it's all canned. So fermented. What we used to So is it is it refrigerators that sort of fucked us up along the way? Because you're talking about, so we canned everything and fermented everything and yes, pickled everything. Exactly. And then that's growing stuff. So yeah. I, Man was super clever with things. So, you know, like the, the paleo um, really came against grains and things like that. But the what we traditionally did is men were very clever at working out how to ferment, ferment and um, store food and break down. So there's anti-nutrients in some grains like phytates and things like that that can actually stop us from absorbing some of the nutrition in what we eat. And, you know, modern, there's the discussion about modern grains. Um, you know, uh, they're not what they used to be. But men were very clever in days gone by, 100 you know, years ago, in preserving food to keep the shelf life and that was bringing in natural bacteria uh, to to preserve it but that was also feeding the good bacteria in our gut you know but and more and more people now are eating fermented foods but man no one was eating fermented foods especially in Australia where it's not a probably a traditional part of most of our diets 10, 15 years ago. No. Was, was well, that's, that's the thing, because our culture is so, so new. And so it young, is new. And we yeah. didn't have to go through all those famines and wars where you had to preserve food forever, otherwise you're going to starve. Exactly. And that's and what the Europeans nailed it. Yeah, and we're a real mismatch of, of um, you know, and also that's the same thing with dairy. So I know paleo was very much against dairy, but depending on your hereditary, um, you know, your background, you may be Maybe able you to pick up that chip, that the, the yeah. Of you digestive. you may have the enzyme that's totally fine um, mm. breaking down dairy, and you're fine with dairy. So there's a lot of people that are consuming dairy that has your you know bifidobacterium and your lactobacilli, which are good bacteria. People stop consuming that even though they could. Mm. So yeah. you know, but we're all we we're all indiv- that's where the individual comes into it you know yeah i was i was always a big fan of the paleo diet just because and i guess blood type diet is something's probably a story for another day but I've, yeah. I've had a look into mine and it fits me perfectly whether it's coincidence or whether it's legit like yeah. i'm like positive and yeah. I'm positive with carnivores so when someone brought came to me and go with the paleo diet i'm like that's good to go to get yeah. heaps of fat and meat yeah. Um, and I found that when as soon as I cut dairy out, I felt way better. But I think I, I can drink milk now and I'm fine. But milk was a massive part of my diet growing up. It's like we were because so, the dairy industry is a huge money maker. Yeah. So we're encouraged to drink milk all day, every day. And it's like they they told us. I as a kid, I thought that's the only way you can get calcium. 
Casting doesn't exist yeah, on this planet no, unless it's and, in the cows. And that's such a fallacy, you know, it's such a fallacy. You eat a teaspoon of um, sesame seeds and you get a good dose of calcium, yeah. you know. it's. Um, but I, I think, yeah, a lot of us aren't meant to be, you know, like it really goes against the drain, grain thinking that we should be drinking milk yeah. as well. Yeah, well, what is the only animal that drinks another it's animal's milk. It's a little milk. bit weird. It's kind it's of a super weird. bit weird, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but you were the only animals that went to the moon, so I don't oh, know. Oh, must be the milk. <laughs> 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 That'll be on a bloody yeah. milk cart. <laughs> but yeah, it, it is very, you know, we're all unique and it, it also does depend on um, where we've come from as mm. well, especially in Australia where, you know. Because it was in, like England, if you're English, your, you pick up the enzyme, the enzyme to break down lactose. And yeah, so it, Europeans, yeah. if you're of European descent, you, um, you, you know, you're more, you're more highly that. likely to have the enzyme that mm. breaks it down. But uh, we do, most of us, it does drop off as we age. So, you know, uh, it's, it changes. But yeah. different I strokes what, like, for I'm, different I'm, folks. I'm, I'm, Ragging out dairy, I'll probably get shot next weekend. But <laughs> like cheese and chocolate, it's all we eat. Yeah, well, it's, all, it's all I want to be. And I, I still love cheese, but drinking milk, I haven't drank no, glasses of milk I, for years. I can't tolerate it. It's no. Mm. But yeah, it's a very uh, fascinating thing. Yeah. yeah. You know, everyone's got their opinion on it, but um, and that's why I think you know I try not to completely bag out any it's just different no. for anyone like the, the, the diet's very the gut the the gut ecosystem's different mm. yeah or whatever like yeah you can't yep. just railroad something into one obviously you don't eat cheeseburgers every weekend or processed meat. no and that and that's where that you know that whole process of inflammation comes in and uh you know what what else can we do what other hacks we can we do well, we've talked about meditation before simply download a meditation app. So one of my favorites is uh, Insight Timer. Mm, yeah. Insight Timer is awesome because you can go on there, uh, I know it sounds pretty like we're kids, but you get little stars, you know, you can get stuff, you know, for how many yeah, yeah. days in a row that, you know, and it's a really good way, especially to start meditation. Yeah. Uh, it's a really good, you can start with a minute, it's, you know, all different types. Um, also, there's another really cool one for sleep called Sleep Stream. Don't know if you've heard of that. Bi- I don't even know how to say it properly. Binaural Binaural beats, beats yeah. Binaural. They're going to be in the app. Yeah. There's, yeah, a, there's cool. a veteran in America that's the, the, that generates them for us. Yeah, awesome. Different frequencies in each ear and um, put some headsets on. Really cool for slow wave sleep and really mm. calm. You know, and when we sleep, we calm our nervous system down. Yeah. That's when we do the rest and digest that we talked about earlier. Um, F-Flux, putting that on your computer. Stop being on your computer. Like it's really hard, especially if you work from, you know, you've got your own business and things like that, but shutting screens off a couple of hours before yeah. we go to sleep. Just get off and Blue yeah. blockers, you know, things like that. You know, we have a, you know, check in, check in your phones, have like a check in station. A lot of families can do that. Mm. Um, what else is there? What other hack have I got? Just before you think of that one, can we just, I've got a question. Is sugar kills gut bacteria or inflammation caused by sugar? Oh. Inhibits your gut bacteria? Is that, is that legit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sugar, 
And sugar reduces your brain-derived neurotropic mm. factor that we talked about before. And it's just, it just plays havoc on every part of your system. You know, it's, I don't see in 20 years time, like, you know, how we demonized fat. I don't see in 20 years time where anyone's going to go, yeah, well, sugar's now really good. It's actually yeah, really like, good for you. you know, like, yeah. 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 No. Nice. When I was like 10, 15, early teens, doing sports, pre-sport, especially sprinting and stuff, you just get glu- like sugar tablets. Yeah. And there's, there's like, these yeah. are energy for sports. I'm like, you look at it now, that was just a spoonful of sugar. Yeah. You'd absolutely fuck all of yeah. that. <laughs> that. That's it. And it's, um, you know, and it's not a good source of fuel. It's so short term. Yeah. And that's what we're, you know, discovering now with athlete athletes. Um, using ketones for fuel yeah. because it's, endurance athletes. Yeah, endurance athletes. It's a much better, much more stable form of fuel, mm. and you know it fuels our muscles, it fuels our brain. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it's good for our gut as well. So yeah, and you know a lot a lot of people will you know if they wanted to look into a ketogenic diet or intermittent fasting that you know going off carbs. It can be, they just have to persevere with it. The first couple of weeks can be, can be tough for some, especially if they've been, you know, consuming carbs for decades, you know, it's, um, but within, within a couple of weeks, it's, mm. you know, your taste buds change, you're, you're more aware, you have more energy, you feel amazing, you're dropping weight. You're dropping that visceral fat that we talked about wraps around your, you know, your organs and things like that. So, um, yeah, cutting, cutting, cutting carbs and those processed foods, you know, makes a massive difference. Definitely. That's enough hacks. I think that's. I think there's been a. We're, we're talking about you, mate. They've got. We've got three, three or four keys. Yeah, let, let's not over. Give me twenty keys. Yeah. The <laughs> the They're in their car we're trying to get down on the coffee coast for an old weekend, <laughs> mate. Like, what am I going to ride this fucking thing down there? <laughs> no, we've got to cut it somewhere. Yeah. We've got to yeah. cut it somewhere. I thought that was that's really amazing. I think finally, so uh, episode two, uh, Jody Allen. We're gonna have a quick uh, talk after this. So uh, follow us on Instagram. Uh, Facebook and uh, Swiss.8 on Instagram Facebook's Swiss8 app and it'll be linked down below oh yeah oh yeah links and uh, after this we'll do a short video with Jody Allen we'll, we'll link her businesses and uh, all the links she spoke about they'll be in the podcast notes so cool. exciting thanks, times thanks so much for having me cheers awesome. thank you thank you